All Christians would agree that it's beneficial to read the Bible. But do you ever write the Bible? Literally transcribing it word for word in your own hand. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah explains why the discipline of writing from the Bible is such an effective way of working the truth of God's Word into your heart. Listen as David introduces his special message, The Written Word. And thank you for joining us today. Today I want to share with you something that you may never have heard of before. Perhaps uh, someone might have said something uh, very quickly about it, but you did not know what they were talking about. Today I want to introduce a spiritual discipline that many of us have entered into as the result of our discovery that the written word is so powerful. Back in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, which we'll look at shortly, there was a command given to the king that one of the requirements of his being the king was that he had to write out the entire law in his own handwriting. We've taken that and created this new series called The Written Word. We started with the book of Romans and challenged our people to write the book of Romans out longhand by taking the Bible, putting it in one hand and the journal in the other, and just copying the scripture from the Bible into their own journal. We actually created a journal that has all the verse separations. And on the opposite page is a place for notes. Some people have told me they've gone through the book of Romans, written out the text of Romans on one side, and chosen some of the notes from the Jeremiah Study Bible and reproduced them on the other side. What happens is you get involved with the Word of God, and it is life-changing. So during this month, during the month of November, for your support of this ministry, we'd like to send you this beautiful written word journal, the Book of Romans. It's hardback bound. It has everything in it you need to take this leap of faith and begin this experience. There's information at the front of the book explaining how you go about it, but it's very simple. And this will become, if you take this challenge, one of your most treasured assets. You will come out of this with the knowledge of the book of Romans you did not think possible. I challenge you and encourage you to do it. I'd love to send you this beautiful journal, the written word journal for the book of Romans. There will be a series of these throughout the years. We're already working on Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. That will be in the next journal. So get started. Do your Romans work. And you can get your journal by sending a gift of any size to Turning Point. Do that today. Just send a gift. Ask for the journal. They're right here, ready to be shipped to you. You'll get it quickly, and you can start immediately. Let's talk about the written word. Donald Jackson is one of the world's best and most well-known calligraphers. In fact, he is today the official scribe and calligrapher to the Crown Office of the United Kingdom of Great Britain in Northern Ireland. The person responsible for creating all of the official state documents for Queen Elizabeth II. But his greatest accomplishment is a project that began as a childhood dream and took decades to complete. It's the creation of a handwritten, illuminated Bible. But the practice actually goes back thousands of years in the Old Testament, God's people had scribes whose job it was to pass on God's word by making written copies. And throughout the church's history, monks have transcribed the Bible, devoting their entire lives to studying and living out God's word. 
But I think the best example of all of it is found in the book of Deuteronomy in the 17th chapter. And I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in this chapter so you'll understand. In this chapter, Moses is outlining the most important priorities for the future king of Israel. At this point in time, they do not have a king, but they're about to get one. And Moses is telling the people what will be expected of the king, what he is to do and what he is not to do. In verses 14 through 16 of Deuteronomy 17, Moses lists five things that Israel's future king must not do. He shall not be a foreigner. He shall not multiply horses for himself. He shall not cause the people to return to Egypt. He shall not multiply wives to himself, and he shall not multiply silver and gold to himself. But when we come to the next verse, verse 17, Moses leaves the negative prohibition list behind, and he tells the king to do some very curious things. Here is Moses' positive instruction to the king of Israel. It shall be, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now, that's a little wordy passage, but in this section of Scripture, we discover that there are three commands and four blessings associated with God's word. And let's look at each one of them one at a time. First of all, the king was commanded to copy God's word. Verse 18 says, It shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. Now, the law at that time were the first five books of the Bible. That, that all was considered to be the law. In Deuteronomy 17, 18, Moses commanded the king to make his own personal copy of that. Can you imagine the president of the United States, either the past one or the present one, waking up each morning and beginning his day by writing out the Bible in the Oval Office? Dream on. Now, the king of Israel was to make this copy, and he was to put it in a book. And this was probably a tanned leather scroll made from some sheepskin or goatskin. And he was to do this in front of the Levitical priests so they could make sure he didn't make any mistakes. In the Old Testament, the command to write out the text of Scripture was not isolated to the king. You will find it in several places. Here are a couple of illustrations. Here is one passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and shall be frontless between your eyes, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The people of Israel were told to write God's word on the outside of their house. And toward the end of the book of Deuteronomy, as Israel was on the verge of going into the promised land, Moses said this, 
It shall be on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. And you shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over that you may enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. The Israelites were to write the word of God on the doorposts and gates of their houses and on large whitewashed rocks or stones of memorial. Now, we wouldn't do those things today, and I can honestly tell you I haven't done those things. But I have discovered the important benefit of writing things out, writing them down. If you came to buy a little study in my house, you would see a little pile of tablets they're a special kind of tablet. I've got to have exactly the right one. I drive my secretaries nuts trying to find them because they're not easy to find. But when I'm going to read an important book, I get that tablet, and as I'm reading, I copy out of the book the things that are important to me. In fact, it's kind of embarrassing. I have a couple of tablets that are almost a reproduction of the book itself because the book was so important. I do this because this helps me remember what is in that book, and I could honestly tell you, and I don't say this other than to illustrate this point, that when that process has happened, I hardly ever forget what's in that book, and sometimes I can even tell you where it is on the page and how to find it. Often my first step in preparing messages to bring to you on the Lord's Day or on Saturday night has included handwriting out the main passage word for word using pen and paper. Notice I have not yet used the word computer. (laughs) I've discovered that something wonderful happens when I take the time to slow down and write out a passage of Scripture word for word on a piece of paper. New details about familiar stories stick out. Phrases that I have skimmed over for years and thought I have read, I now discover truth that I had missed new meaning, new questions, new connections in my mind. It's as if the words I am copying flow from the paper through the ink and into my heart. (laughs) When I copy God's Word, I have to slow down. How many of you can imagine, because you know me, that's a big deal for me, to slow down. I was built more for speed than comfort. How about the rest of you? I don't have a low gear. I don't even have a second gear. I just have a high gear. But when I copy God's Word, I have to slow down. And that's a good thing in our age of destruction. This week I read that people check their smartphones on average every 12 minutes during their waking hours. 71% of people with a smartphone never turn it off. And 40% say they check their phone within five minutes of waking up in the morning. Focusing on God's Word without distraction for a few minutes a day is a wonderful anecdote to the frantic pace of a world that is centered on technology. Just put your electronic things away. Get basic. Get your pen and your Bible. And get ready to do something that is life-changing. Slowing down and copying God's Word is good for your soul. It's also good for your mind. Did you know that science has shown that writing things down on a piece of paper actually encodes the information to a part of your brain that is easier to access and review? 
So if you want to remember what you read, write it down. I couldn't help for all of us in my generation to reflect back on some of my grade school days when I would get in trouble and the teacher would make me go sit down in a corner and tell me to write, I will not talk in class 100 times. You remember that? I thought that, well, why would I do that? It's kind of a stupid thing. Well, the purpose was to impress you not to do that again. I'm sure it had some effect, although if you had to do it more than once as I did, it didn't have a lasting effect, obviously. (laughs) So the first thing that Moses said the new king had to do was he had to write a copy of the law, and it says, for himself in a book. He obviously didn't need to do that so he would have access to the law because the priests and scribes were at his disposal. This wasn't for anyone else. It was for him. It was so that he could benefit from this discipline. Then the Bible says he was not only to copy God's word, but he was to carry God's word. Deuteronomy 17, 19 says, and it shall be with him. Everywhere the king went, he was to take his personal copy of the Word of God with him. He was encouraged to take that with him wherever he went. It was to be his lifelong companion and source of guidance and strength. The psalmist said, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding that all my teachers, for your testimonies, are my meditation. I've always felt guilty when people said we should meditate on the Word of God. I don't consider myself a good meditator. But what we're going to tell you about today will be the closest thing to meditation most of us, most of you, will probably ever do. And all those promises in the Bible of benefits to people who meditate, they're just out there waiting, waiting for us to take hold of them no pain. The king was to copy God's word. He was to carry God's word. And finally, he was to make a commitment to God's word. He was to read it all the days of his life. The king was to read the word daily as long as he lived. Does that sound overwhelming? Well, let me tell you the story of one man's path to daily Bible reading. Jason Inman grew up as the seventh son of pastors whose parents were also pastors. I mean, he'd heard the words, read the Bible a lot during his life. But no one ever forced him to do it, so he didn't. He went through life thinking, you know what, I should read the Bible more, but he never did. (laughs) Sound familiar? The next thing he knew, he was married, he had kids, he was in a career, and life seemed so hard. Jason struggled with decision-making, he had bad self-talk, he was often discouraged, and at the same time he felt a nag to read the Bible more, and the more that he felt he should read the Bible more, the less he read, and the less he read, the more he felt he should read it more. Then one day, he decided to download a Bible app to his phone. And when he subscribed to the verse of the day, something cool happened. Jason would have a negative thought about himself, and the verse of the day would encourage him. He would need to make a decision, and he'd remember yesterday's proverb. He'd start to lose patience with his kids, and that day's verse would come to his mind and heart. Soon, Jason realized that he was coming alive, one verse at a time. Not too many years ago, Jason said, I read the Bible here and there, mostly out of guilt. Today I read it every day because I need it, I like it, and sometimes I actually love it. 
I want you to see that all of this has a purpose that is anchored in a blessing. These things that the king was told he must do, to copy it, to carry it with him, and commit to it, they weren't just giving him an agenda. They were precursors to the blessing of God that Almighty God was waiting to pour out upon him. And here are those blessings. Let's read the rest of the text in verse 19 and 20. Do these things, king of Israel, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now, that's a very powerful sentence, very powerful paragraph. So let me ask you these questions. Do you want to grow in the fear of the Lord so that all of your other fears will shrink and go away? Do you want to grow in humility and increase your love for your friends and family and even for your enemies? Do you want to grow in the confidence of a secure future and a lasting legacy? Commit yourself to the written word. The Lord himself promised us that if we would do that, Joshua 1.8, if you meditate in it day and night, you may observe to do according to all is written in it. If you do that, listen carefully. You will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Did you know that verse, as far as I know, is the only verse in the Bible where being prosperous and having good success are in the same verse? Do you want to be prosperous and have good success? I'm not talking about material success, although that could be part of it. But success, when you hear God speak of it, is becoming everything God created you to be and total fulfillment of your person. Being completely a part of God's purpose for your life with no reservations. That's what it means to be successful and to be prosperous according to God. And God said the way you do that is you meditate in this book and you make it a part of your life. You make the word of God a part of your life. And I want to say to you today, men and women, that you can do that. We all can do that. No book has ever impacted the world like the Bible. It's the most popular and powerful book on earth, and its influence is growing stronger every day, no matter what you hear. Many people spurn it, many people ridicule it and attack it and trash it and even burn it. And you would think with all these generations of some people going out of the way to do it, there wouldn't be anything left of the Word of God. But now the Word of God is being translated into almost every language of the world. There is a place now in Washington called the Museum of the Bible, if you go there, there's a special room in that Museum of the Bible where you go and you can get a visual picture of all of the languages of the world and which of them now have the Bible. They have it all organized. And little by little, because of all of the ability that we now have to translate and to create languages for people that don't have them, the Word of God is being inculcated into the cultures and languages of the Bible within just a few years there will not be any people groups that do not have the Word of God. It is on the march. It is still alive. It is still making a difference. The Word of God is God's wonderful gift to you to help you be everything you've always wanted to be and everything God created you to be. God's special Word. Let me just pause for a moment and just get very real about all of this with all of us. For 40 years, I have been teaching the Word of God. And I have had so much joy doing that and continue to do it. 
But sometimes I wonder how much of the Word of God that I have taught has gotten into your heart. You know, it's possible to be a student of the Bible, and the Bible isn't changing you at all. The Bible isn't meant for us to study so we can be smarter. The Bible is meant for us to study so we can be better. And if the Bible just gets into your head and it doesn't get into your heart, it doesn't have the opportunity to make the changes in your life that need to be made. This is not about my telling you anything. This is just about allowing the Bible to get into your system. You say, well, there's parts of the Bible I don't understand. There's a whole lot of the Bible I don't understand. But I refuse to miss the part I do understand because I'm intimidated by the part I don't understand. So I just keep studying and keep learning. And I promise you that if you will use this opportunity and this exercise to get the Word of God into your system, it will come into your heart and all of a sudden you will begin to notice something and I'll let you discover it for yourself. Now let me give you one other thought about this that I think is important. We have a few people who are obsessive compulsive people. Anybody know what that is? You tell them to do one thing and they do a hundred. You tell them to do it by the end of the month and it's done tomorrow. They drive everybody around them crazy. They intimidate all their friends. They're obsessive compulsive. And some of you sitting out there today are saying, I'm going to do the whole book of Romans this week, and you're going to come up to me and say, what's next? And there isn't anything next. (laughs) You don't want to do the whole book of Romans at once. You won't remember anything. There will be so much information. We'll wash everything out. So here are my final words of encouragement about this little project. Pace yourself. It's better to copy five verses a day and enjoy it than 20 verses a day and dread it. The book of Romans has 433 verses. So if you copy just five verses a day, you'll finish it in under three months. You will have copied out in your own hand one of the key books in the Bible. If you take it one day and one verse at a time, I think you will reach your destination. And it might even feel like you did it without particular effort. Whatever you do, remember... The main reason for studying the written word is so that you get to know the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. This book is nothing if it is not the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to us. We read this book so that we can know God better. We know God better because he has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So when we read this book, we learn about God, we learn about Jesus Christ, and the living word is revealed to us in the written word. If you get lost in the written word and forget why you're doing it, it can be a very tedious process. Don't get so caught up in the written word that you forget. It's just a means for you to know the living word better. So may God bless you as you enter in to this exciting opportunity. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in your lives. Amen. Well, that's great for this Monday edition in Tomorrow, we're going to begin our verse-by-verse study of the greatest chapter in the Bible, the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Tomorrow's message is called A Revolutionary Freedom. And uh, you can get your Bibles ready. We also have a study guide for this series. I should tell you about that. 
uh, with personal and group questions. It's beautifully presented. Romans 8, the greatest chapter in the Bible. All the notes and outlines for these verses in Romans 8 are here available to you, along with study questions, applications, new verses to look up. If you've had the study guide, you know it's great for your own personal involvement. It's also tremendous for small group study. Why don't you do a study of Romans 8 together? Get everybody a copy of the study guide. Get the CDs of the teaching and then be the facilitator of a study group that studies Romans chapter 8. This is a great, great chapter. And I hope you'll get your copy of the study guide. And when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the Written Word Journal on the book of Romans. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's special message, The Written Word, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine Turning Points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Romans, The Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply by writing the book of Romans in your own hand. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we begin the series, Romans 8 here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Are you looking for an effective tool for studying the Scriptures? Dr. David Jeremiah has created an incredible new resource to help you do just that. The Bible tells us again and again to write down God's Word, and it's a practice that has personally transformed my study of Scripture. That is why I have created the first the written word journal so that you can join me in this powerful practice. I promise you, as you follow God's command to copy scripture by hand, your study of God's word will be stronger than ever. Here's more. This journal helps you create your own copy of Paul's letter to the Romans. On one side, you'll write selections from Romans word for word. On the other side, you'll record your thoughts, reflections, and prayers. When you donate any amount to support Turning Point, the written word journal is yours. If you give $60 or more, you'll receive the Romans 8 set, including this teaching series on CD or DVD and study guide. Order the book or the complete set at davidjeremiah.ca. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. The Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw made an observation about happiness that reflects a biblical principle. He said, We have no more right to consume happiness without producing it than to consume wealth without producing it. 
that comes very close to the principle expressed by the Apostle Paul that we reap what we sow. If we want to reap happiness in life, we must sow happiness. If we want to reap friendship, we must be a good friend. The best way to receive what we desire in God's kingdom is to produce and share that desire with others. It's God's law of the harvest. And this is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's law of the harvest on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.